Welcome to the 11th episode of Online Theatre Collaborative, Innovations in Digital Theatre. I'm Neil Wexler, a playwright and filmmaker from Buffalo, New York. I'm here with LA-based actor Stacy Whitmire. Stacy, the last time we saw each other, it was just before the pandemic hit and you were living in New York City. If you could talk about your last few years as an actor and then why you made this transition from New York City to Los Angeles. I have gotten back into acting, I guess about three and a half, four years ago at this point, after taking a long hiatus, aiming towards professional actor life. And I had been actually studying at the Barrow Group quite a bit and doing student films and that sort of thing in New York. And a week after we met, the pandemic hit, uh, you know, um, I think eventually as we realized that this wasn't going to go away for quite a while, I started thinking about winter in New York. <laughs> I'd been thinking about moving back to LA um, for years. Uh, I grew up in Santa Monica, which is how we originally met in high school. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, I moved to LA and I've just kind of slowly been getting settled in, adjusting to, I guess, LA expectations. Like I had to get all new headshots that were less cool and more commercial <laughs> and getting kind of a feel for the landscape a little bit. I knew I wanted to take classes with the groundling. So I've done that. And actually, I did not pass the basic improv class. I'm taking it again. And my auditions actually have like really picked up. I've had as a non-union unrepresented person, I've been averaging like two a week, which just feels pretty good. What are the differences between LA and New York in terms of how you're expected to present for an audition, the overall process of it? There, I would say, you know, the personality differences of the two cities kind of play out in the acting world a bit too. I'm sort of like more interested in portraiture rather than headshots. So my headshots were done by a musician photographer and people in New York loved them. <laughs> and I was getting zero auditions for them in LA. So I was like, okay, I need to give myself over to the commercial gods. And I'm, I'm also a hairstylist. So normally I don't outsource that, but I was like, I'm going to hire a makeup artist and hairstylist to to tame my mane, you know, and just make me look like I could be on ABC or something like that. You know, it's less edge. <laughs> There's a sign, right? When you enter California, where is it exactly where it says you are now giving yourself over to the commercial gods? There should be. <laughs> How have auditions been going so far? I was very excited. I got a, um, like a new media series regular audition for a project in Atlanta. And it was just exciting to audition for a series regular role. And today I just did a voiceover audition, which I don't tend to pitch myself too much for those because I, you know, I have like a partial setup for that, but it was for a video game and I play a, um, a wise warrior woman. And that was super fun. Going back to high school now, when we met, I know you weren't doing any acting back then. Did you want to? I wanted to, but I was so shy that I didn't put my feet forward to move in that direction at that point in my life. 
So when did you finally get the urge to actually perform? You mentioned that you'd gotten back into acting after a four-year hiatus, and I know you were doing a lot of acting even before you lived in New York City. Okay, um, I will back up and say I knew that I wanted to be an actor when I was four years old, and you know I'm not really sure where I got that, but I remember watching movies and just being amazed. I thought movies were a place where people can express emotions um, because of some things going on at home. So I think that's what attracted me to it. You know, it wasn't something I ever thought was possible for me um, until I went to a drag king show uh, when I was living in Washington, D.C. And around the same time, this photo book came out by Judith Halbersham, who's a major academic on gender and sexuality. And the photographer was Della Grace Volcano. So those two things happened around the same time. And I was just, when I saw Drag Kings perform, I thought, okay, this is something I can do. There was something about sort of just being myself as a woman where I guess I didn't, I felt too vulnerable, but the like mask of drag was, seemed like, super fun and easy. And for some reason, I knew I would be good at it. And I immediately made a character. And I didn't, you know, at that point, I didn't have any acting training. It was just kind of something I did. And then I started performing to songs where I lip synced, very basic stuff. But I always built in a storyline that came through in my physical performance. And that was pretty unique within the the crowd I was in. And it got me a lot of opportunities in Washington, D.C. Like I performed for Capital Pride. And then when I moved to New York, it was like also such a gateway for me um, because I joined a, a queer theater in the Lower East Side called Wow Cafe. You know, I performed in a regular variety show that happened there. That got me cast in a lot of original plays or performing in a cabaret was very popular then. So, I mean, I just performed constantly outside of my nine to five job. And then when I switched out of that and decided to learn uh, hair, I just kept it up <laughs> until I burn out doing both. Cause I ended up working at this very demanding hair salon where I got a lot of great opportunity because I had all that stage experience, you know, and I got to cut hair on stage and platform and, and teach with a headset mic and all that stuff. So that skill set like really carried me through in a lot of ways. What are some online theater projects that you've seen this past year that you've really enjoyed? Yeah, I saw this great production uh, by MCC Theater with uh, Marissa Tomei and Oscar Isaac. It was Beirut. And I think it was like the 20th anniversary of the performance and it was very simple they performed it with a little bit of physicality and and just read to each other but they were so present I mean they put on such fine performances the presence piece is so key with this medium it's just so close intimate the continuous shots when you're acting online and you've also directed in this medium in addition to presence what do you find is very crucial I think the thing that I like ask for the most is usually pacing, <laughs> just like pace it up, move faster because people's brains move fairly fast. You want the audience to be trying to hang on a little bit, you know, when it's slow, 
I, there's nothing that turns me off more than things that are slow. <laughs> you know, I just like check out immediately. Um, so pacing is big for me. Connecting with your other actors. It's like, I try, depending on how I'm being directed. I mean, I've, I've certainly done Zoom play readings where I'm directed to have an eyeline for like, this person's over there and this person's over there and we're all going to look this way for that. And then sometimes there's no direction on that. And um, depending on what the scene is, obviously every so often I'll kind of sneak a look into the camera just to connect with the other actor. And I've found, you know, it's not something I've ever talked about really, but I've found other actors do that for me. And I find that enormously helpful especially in a reading, you know, where like typically the script is on one half of the page and you've shrunk your zoom window down over here, you know? So it's, that's huge. It's really demanding on an actor, this particular medium. When we think of it as a hybrid between theater and TV, sometimes we think of theater as the production model. But when you think of TV, where you can just nail a short scene and then move on, or something like music production, where you can layer tracks. That actually may be an easier way to approach this. Just curious if you saw the West Wing stage reading of, I can't remember the episode name. Anyway, it was on HBO Max and it's done in a theater. So it's got a very theater feel, but they had a small orchestra playing the theme music. And it was so beautiful to me you know, just to see that and then see the actors working on a stage, but, you know, mimicking small details of the set. Maybe there was a desk for an office or a doorway or whatever. It, it was like very austere, but it was just the the music piece of it particularly. I mean, the actors are so good. I, I feel like I don't even have to say how good they are. They're so, so beautiful to watch, but the music piece was just lovely to layer that to have that orchestra on stage playing the theme music at the top. I thought that was incredibly meaningful for some reason. Thanks so much for being here, Stacy. To find out more about your work, people can go to stacywhitmire.com. This was really fun. This was my first podcast I've been on. And so exciting to do it with you. It was really fun, Neil. Thank you.